2: These two guys have Minnesota
1: sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and shot on ScoreNorth and ScoreNorth.com. Reckless speculation.
2: Reckless speculation.
1: It is a reckless speculation Thursday here across all of the ScoreNorth podcasts. A safe space for us to speculate recklessly on the future of our favorite Minnesota sports team's Combined with a little scoop session here, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. What's going on, Dukes? Scooby in the bed. is that Scooby?
3: Speculation Thursday. That is Scooby. Yeah, Scoob. the male person. Let me look the Male
1: guy
0: is comes
3: there? early.
2: Yeah, at well, ten o'clock, guy. my guy comes after it gets dark. Yeah, some yeah my guy gets here at yeah, four. Know.
3: Yeah, we're talking here at ten o seven Central Time. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty early for the male person to be at the door, but yes. Scooby outside enjoying this beautiful Twin yeah, Cities day. sunning yeah, going nuts when the mail person arrives.
1: Maya, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, Maya Mackey, I don't know if she's on
3: camera here or not. There, there she is. is. Yeah. Here?
1: She enjoyed the weather earlier, and now she is past the F out oh. for the next fight. She's hours.
2: enthralled by your uh, <laughs> hot takes. She's enthralled by Darren Scoops. You're very she's smart, though.
3: If I was a forward thinker, I would have taken Scooby on a nice long walk early this morning, but I apologize. I did not. <laughs>
1: That's okay. Uh, all right, let's talk Vikings here. We we, ha- we hit a lot of Viking stuff on the Tuesday session. We got even more in the Vikings bag here now. So what is the latest on Justin Jefferson? I will say my – I don't want to spoil our Purple Daily Pick show here, but I am very, very bullish that the Vikings are a level and a half better than the Broncos. You're 4-0 without him. The last thing you want is to, like, rush him back a little bit, and boom, he, you know, re-aggravates the injury. Now he's out for the year. So I personally wouldn't mind seeing him wait until the Bears game to play. I don't think you need him against Denver. But uh, what are you sort of hearing and sensing, Doogie?
3: Well, five and right? So her Kansas 0. City game, so Bears, Niners, Packers, Falcons-Saints, 5-0 and oh, yep. without Justin Jefferson. So today will be the tell I'd cut him.
1: I, they're better without him. It's the Patrick <laughs> Ewing theory. I'm just Don't kidding. pay him, right? Don't, Trade him, don't right? cut that.
3: Get a King's <laughs> ransom, yeah. No, aggravators, uh, don't run with that. Yeah, no, they they're are. much better off with Justin Jefferson. It's we all late. acknowledge that. They want Justin Jefferson back when he's able to be back. Today is the telltale day on the practice field. Two-ish this afternoon. They'll do some cutting. My understanding he continues to not feel discomfort running sprints, straight lines, but he's got to ramp it up today. We'll know a lot more later today. He will talk later this morning, but I don't know how much he'll be able to say without getting on the practice field first when he's going to ramp up activity. But I'm just saying like, he wants to be out there. The Vikings want him out there. You no, know, I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure out how good this Denver team is like, Yeah, can you win without him? Sure, but your chances increase significantly with him. Natural grass, so it's not turf. Like, so you have the better surface. Like, to me, if he's able to demonstrate today that he's okay cutting, that there's not discomfort, and I get it, hamstring injury, incredibly tricky, he could re-aggravate it very easily. But if he demonstrates today that he's okay, and I get it, he's pushing to play, but if he demonstrates he's okay, there's not that discomfort when he's getting in and out of breaks. I play him on Sunday, but I just, today, this morning, I can tell you, my understanding is he continues to run these straight line sprints that he's been fine, that he hasn't reported any discomfort.
2: I will say this. The Broncos have the worst defense in in the entire league when it comes to yards surrendered. Their rushing defense actually does give knock on wood. The Vikings a chance to get well in that part because they're also 32nd. Um, I took it from O'Connell's press conference on Wednesday Dukes that uh, and, and it's smart that they are going to probably be safe here as well, so like I think if there's I think if he comes back and could practice and go full speed and looks absolutely fine, he does play. I don't think that they are now in the sense of desperation that they might have been to play him, so I would not be surprised if he doesn't play. I will be very curious you guys when he does come back though. At whatever point that is, how they're going to find constructive ways to not overthink things, but this offense becomes more dangerous. And I will say it again with a mobile quarterback. How interesting is that going to be? And what's Addison's role at that point? What does that morph into? Because the one probably blessing of Jefferson being out, Addison's gone from he's going to be a really nice complimentary piece to Jefferson to. Oh, my God, this guy could be the top receiver for a lot of teams in this league right now. That's a nice problem to have. It
3: is a very nice problem to have. I mean, I think the opportunities will be there. They're still going to pass the ball plenty. When Dobbs is ad-libbing, when he's escaping the pocket, right, there's an opportunity for these guys. I was speaking with, who was it in the Vikings locker room the other day? might have been Brandon Powell. might have been Addison, actually. It was Addison on Monday about how, you know, he loves the freedom when Dobbs escapes that he can sort of just ad lib on the fly, right? Just find the opening, right? So Jefferson can certainly do that. Those opportunities are going to be there. Now, I get it, right? Like, they may, you know, go cautiously here, right, and not throw him out there on Sunday. I still think he plays this month. Like, I haven't moved off that stance that it was going to be this month that, It won't be through the bye, the Raiders game on December 10th. He is playing here in November. But, yeah, I suppose you give him the extra full day with the Monday night game against the Bears, not a Sunday game, so you get that full extra week. I suppose that possibility exists. I'm just saying, though, when he's reporting no discomfort, that he's feeling good, he has Uh to show today he can get in and out of breaks. But if he can do that, I want him out there. Now, it also should help that K.J. Osborne should be back. So he doesn't play against New Orleans. You should have an additional weapon there. So, like, could you, you know, figure out ways to win without J.J.? I mean, they have, right? So they could continue to do that. But I'm just saying, to me, if the best receiver in the game, and we can have that debate, but to me, the best receiver in the game, if he demonstrates that he's fine after today's practice, I'm playing him on Sunday.
1: Boys, uh don't look now. So Quasey clearly has taken his share of heat for the two thousand twenty-two draft, which there's some interesting Ed Ingram's better than he was a year ago. He's a two-year starter, and Caleb Evans has been a starter and he's been he's been fine. Ty Chandler might show you something here. So there's some success stories that we're sort of waiting on. But don't look now. The two thousand twenty-three draft class for the Vikings, Jordan Addison, now Kevin O'Connell was begging him. Just stay, stay, pull the trigger, right? So it's not all Quasey. In fact, maybe maybe Quasey wanted to move off that. But but they land on Jordan Addison. And, he, he, dude, he might go for 1,000 yards in his rookie year. I think everyone would agree that dude is a high-end NFL wide receiver. Makai Blackman was their second pick. He was the 102nd overall pick, third-round pick. Out of 120 qualified cornerbacks, pro football focus, Makai Blackman is top 20 this season they might have nailed both of those picks
3: high-end starters well I mean I think they've already nailed the Blackman pick like I know there was a little bit of a lull there right like right before the Green Bay game I guess that would have been what the Bears game the 49ers game where Andrew Booth Jr. started to get more snaps it wasn't necessarily anything that Makai did wrong they just wanted to get more of a look at Andrew Booth Jr. but They've liked Makai. Like, he's played a good amount of snaps this year. You just laid out the evidence to suggest he's playing at a pretty high level. Finally got that first interception last game. Yes, I think absolutely. Late third round, yeah, I think they nailed the Makai Blackman pick. I'm not suggesting he's the next Jalen Ramsey or anything like that, but I think they have a guy that they can put in there for the next handful of years. So, yeah, when looking at Addison, when looking at Blackman, when looking at undrafted free agent Ivan Pace Jr., Yes, there is something to be said about the 2023 draft class, certainly trumping by a far margin the 2022 draft class.
2: And in, in fairness, too, the 22 draft class is redeeming itself a bit. Now, Now, scene sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, first-round pick, you traded back, you took this guy, you play safeties like it's going out of style, and he he can't even suit up. Uh, but if, if you look now, Booth is playing more, and I'm not saying he's perfect, but he he's definitely playing more. Ed Ingram, who was a truing wreck as a rookie, looks pretty so, pretty solid now. Uh, Ty Chandler looks like he's going to, to get a chance. So you do have elements of that 22 draft class that is starting to redeem itself a bit. Um, but I will say this, and, and this might sound like it's discrediting Quasi, and it's not, because he also is a bit absolved by what I'm about to say, which is you got to wonder what what um, sous chefs he had in the draft kitchen when making these picks, because like I can't help but think that Brian Flores watched film and said that Mackay, that Makai Blackman fits what I want, right? And God forbid if Ed Donatel got in that kitchen, um, Salmonella was being spread all over at that time.
1: <laughs> he's a, he's got the he's got the raw chicken juice on yeah, his hands. He's hey like guys, he's got was, no idea what,
2: he, what are we he's thinking. Got. For, he's reusing uh, the cutting
0: <laughs> board. It's a whole thing. <laughs> So,
2: you know, perhaps you just did also have the right people in the room in 23, more so than 22.
1: Did we lose Diggs? Oh, no, we oh, lost Diggs. Diggs. Here, let's pop him out and we'll pop him. All right. Up. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think the, the 2022 draft class, too, it's like when we tried to exercise some caution, like, there's the Lewis scene thing you put off to the side. Andrew Booth hasn't played a lot this year. Brian Asamoah looked like he was going to yeah. do more. But then you start to creep out. I mean, Jalen Naylor caught a pass in that game. The other, they did draft 10 players in 2022. Mm-hmm. And so, and by the way, this 2023, you know, uh, Jaqueline Roy, when he's been out there, has, he's only played like maybe 80 or 100 snaps, maybe not even that this season on defense. But that's the defensive tackle from LSU. But he has shown, I think once they start to move on from like the Dean Lowry's, Harrison Phillips, like Jaqueline Roy in his second or third year, probably becomes uh you know, a five hundred snap guy. Jaron Hall, we're not sure. We got to see him for about five seconds and then he goes down right with the
2: injury. But 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 that's six I that's six picks, right? In for the mm-hmm. two thousand twenty three draft. And about three of them have contributed. But I just I wonder the difference that the coaching staff makes too. And in this case, going from Donatel to Flores, like Brian Flores is going to have a really good idea of who he thinks can play on film.
1: Hey, here's a here's a reckless speculation question for we're we're going to fast forward through the season here. We're not quite sure what's going to happen. We're just going to fast forward. Reckless speculation. Let's say the Vikings have enough cap space for one major impact position. Like Byron Murphy was kind of their big, but but maybe a level up from that because yeah. they're now they're off the Thielen right. contract. They're going to be off right. uh, a, a large chunk of Kirk. We'll see what happens there. Right. I mean, they're still paying him. Twenty-eight million to the cap next year, but let's say it's hey, you got one nice little splash in free agency. What position would you look at right now? Without you don't know what the list looks like of players available, but like perfect world, where would you allocate your biggest chunk of free agent
2: resources for a twenty-six or twenty-seven year old veteran free agent? Well, one, I'd I'd like to actually allocate it internally for Hunter and bring him back because if it's not if he leaves, I need to I need to go out and get a guy Mm -hmm. defensive end. And if it's not defensive end, defensive tackle. To me, it's pretty simple. I think the corners are developing. I I like them. I think that in Flores' system, and this becomes a question of, is Brian Flores going to come back? And that's a whole different topic. But I think I go defensive end first if Hunter leaves for sure. Defensive tackle if I retain Hunter.
0: Yeah, I think just anything on the defensive line is probably your best bet here, especially if um, you're potentially going to lose. Daniil Hunter, you have big question marks there. Like if if they don't take a defensive, if they actually let me rephrase this, if they don't sign a defensive lineman or like early in free agency, I think the writing on the wall is that they'll draft one early, right? Like if if they like first round, yeah, yeah, first or second round, I think it's basically a lock. Because if if they don't, then that probably tells you that all right, either they don't have Neil Hunter sign, DJ Wanham, I think is up to Marcus Davenport. You can't count on like there is some significant holes, not just on one player, that whole line needs fixing. So I would probably allocate the money on that defensive line.
1: This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard show app now and join the conversation. The other thing too, that's becoming really interesting is the more they win, the further away from the top quarterback options they get. Right. And they didn't go and get extra draft capital. They, they might wind up with what i them trying to think back. They traded Ezra Cleveland for like a sixth. So they, they didn't, yep. they didn't get yep. any like day one or day two extra draft capital to move around. So they would have to, if they wanted to move up from say like the 22nd pick or the 20th pick, they're not moving up to number one, not moving up. So there now we're two quarterbacks off the board, right? C- Caleb Williams and Drake may probably off the board in the first three picks or so four picks. But now you see what Michael Penix is doing with Washington. And there was that video clip that came out of him rallying the entire team during the game and giving a, fiery speech to like 90 guys like leadership athletic ability that dude's probably not falling outside the top six seven eight picks there might be four quarterbacks in like the first eight or nine picks and you're are you going to move up 12 spots so I guess what I'm getting at here is would you rather roll it forward with Josh Dobbs on a you know 20 15 20 million dollar a year contract that's way below the top of the market for quarterbacks and Jaron Hall and you got a little quarterback bin over here of mobile guys who Kevin O'Connell can work with, and then use your first round pick on an edge rusher or a defensive lineman. The more they win, the further away from, I think, drafting a quarterback in the first round we get is my
2: oh yeah my yes. grand point here. And I, I think it's become an absolute possibility in seeing what O'Connell has done, not only with uh, Dobbs now, but also Kirk, that they, that they will say, we're going to take a quarterback when it suits us, because the last thing that, you would want to do or need to do is reach for a first round co- quarterback with a coach who's proven he can develop quarterback play so i don't think that you need to um I, I saw another report i think it was from bleacher report last night that kirk cousins might be amenable now to coming back on a one-year contract and the vikings might welcome him back so like there's a lot of different options here that go beyond drafting one but i i agree phil I think if you are in a situation where you're drafting like 23rd, 24th or something like that and there is not a quarterback there that you absolutely love that there's a very good chance that they take a defensive end or defensive tackle there yeah. and 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 roll with either Kirk coming back on a I think for them very reasonable one year contract or Dobbs comes back. And if Dobbs continues down th- this path, it's hard to believe that unless he goes out there and tries to absolutely break the bank that he's going to just be punted by the Vikings, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Now the market might dictate differently if if he keeps playing like this, and now five other teams that are playing the musical chairs game too are like, boy, now all of a sudden it's a bidding war and we're talking 25, 30 million, and now he's overpaid. To me it's about it's about the player, but it's about the value. I'm looking for on behalf of the Vikings I agree. I'm looking for. I'm looking to pay way under what that player would be worth ideally on an open market, and that's the problem with Dobbs is he's going to hit the open market. Now, uh, Tankathon.com right now has Caleb Williams number one to the Bears, and then uh, Drake May going number two to the Giants, and then the third quarterback coming off the board is Michael Penix to the Buccaneers at eleven. I still mm-hmm. think that's what. This is what happens every year, where it's like. Zach Wilson going seventeenth to whoever. It's like, and then yeah. b- by the time you get through all the workouts and the pre-draft, the top four quarterbacks are going in the first nine picks. But they do have Tankathon has the Vikings taking the fourth quarterback off the board with the twenty first pick, JJ McCarthy from Michigan. So Dukes, we're just the premise of our reckless speculation here as your internet gremlins have been shooed away. Reckless is, speculation. The more the Vikings win. And their schedule is going to provide more wins. The more they win, the further away from the top of the quarterback draft class they get, which poses just sort of an interesting, I don't know if conundrum, but scenario, I guess, in six months from now.
3: Yeah, I still think, though, J.J. McCarthy. I mean, Tankathon is on to something there. I mean, they've been doing a lot of work on McCarthy. But certainly, all those quarterbacks, right, Bo Nix, Penix, all those guys, Williams, May, They've been, like, multiple people in the front office. They've been in-person, games, practices. It does seem like now, I'm telling you, they may suggest, hey, we've done this in years past. There's nothing different now compared to years past. And I'm just telling you, from my point of view, they are doing a ton of in-person work on the top of this quarterback class. I would not be surprised whatsoever if they go quarterback in the first round in April.
2: If I may recklessly speculate, almost outside the bounds, taking this to a place where we have not gone yet. Let me throw this one at you guys. And I don't even know where it ends, but to say it's juicy, well, that might just be the start. It's a soap opera potential, and I love it, okay? What if the Vikings play Josh Dobbs off Kirk Cousins? Because Josh Dobbs, if Kirk wants to stay, so, so this is assuming that both of them went back in, okay? And Dobbs yes, do. is a very smart guy. Dobbs, Dobbs probably is saying to, to himself, good God, I'm an aerospace engineer who has played for like seven or eight teams, and I found a team, and I stepped right in with that coach, and it's worked perfectly. Yeah, I'm smart enough to know this is where I belong. But the, as Doogie knows, they're both represented by Mike McCartney, the agent for Kirk Cousins, and Josh Dobbs. Could you play a game of chicken – with those two quarterbacks, because you're like, okay, Kevin O'Connell can coach them both, had success with both. A high-stakes poker game of chicken in which the team controls the table, not the agent or quarterback. Backless
3: speculation. Oh, the agent would have a lot of say in that, though, right? Yeah, the sure. agent would. Yeah, Mike would have a lot of say in that. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I mean, I think in that instance, you know, maybe it would be, the opposite of what I've suggested since the morning or, I guess, you know, the afternoon of October 29th, the morning of October 29th, I would have told you, you know, maybe Kirk's back, maybe not. You know, then the injury happens on the afternoon of October 29th. And now I'm feeling like, OK, there's a stronger chance now compared to then that Kirk is back. But maybe the agent says, you know what? I'm getting that forty two million dollar a year offer from someone. Right. I will convince the Atlanta Falcons, or I'll convince you name the franchise to pay Kirk, even coming off the torn Achilles. I will convince a team to pay Kirk fair market value or above fair market value, thus enabling Josh to re-sign where he wants to be, where he's most comfortable. So I will keep Josh in Minnesota. I'll get Kirk his money somewhere else.
1: If you're Josh, yeah, to Judd's point, to like. He's been with five organizations in less than two calendar years. He did an interview with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN last week. And Scott was saying, do you have just, I just want to ask you like a non-football life question. He's like, do you like have your stuff? Where is your stuff? You've been bouncing around. And Dobbs is like, I got my car finally yesterday. So, and then he told the story on his own podcast about how he finally felt after a half season in Arizona he felt like he finally go and like get a house and okay, I'm, I'm going to be here now at least for the next half a year. So I can go and find a place to live in for six months and whatever. And then boom, he gets traded like the next day to Minnesota. So it, if you're Dobbs and you've been bouncing around Tennessee, you got, you know, a defensive coach, they threw you into the fire. Arizona is the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. And you come here and it clicks right away. And the coach is the perfect fit for you. I mean, I got to think Dobbs would love to sign like a two or three year contract here if he keeps playing this way. But dude, on the flip side, Kirk's family has been here for six years. His kids are in school; they clearly love it here. He's ingrained in the community. Kirk's out there with a with an air cast and crutches, scooping Thanksgiving dinners for people. Like it is. All of a sudden now, the Vikings are they're going to have like multiple quarterbacks. Maybe it's a bidding more the other way. I'll take less. I'll take less. No, I just want to be here. I love it here.
3: <laughs> I mean, I will tell you this much. I mean, like Cleveland tried to reacquire Dobbs at the trade deadline, right? He's been to other stops multiple bad, times. Bad
1: timing right? on that Deshaun yeah. injury, man, if that, if that happens.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, maybe Cleveland had a little bit of foresight that, hey, like the way Deshaun's been playing – yeah. You know, is it reckless enough where maybe there's an injury that happens? Then, yeah, lo and behold, I mean, soon thereafter, here we go. Deshaun Watson out for the year. They will roll with that rookie quarterback, Thompson Robinson, who the Vikings actually did a good amount of work on pre draft, who they liked. Like, if he was sitting there in the fifth round, he may have been the guy over Jaron Hall to bring it full circle. But my point is Dobbs, I mean, it's what a coach who coached him last couple of years told me via text the day the Vikings traded for him. Like, he just. He endears himself to his teammates, to coaches. Like, he's beloved. Like, best of luck finding anybody to say a bad word about Josh Dobbs. So that's just a reminder that the Browns tried to reacquire him. They really enjoyed having him, wanted him back. He's been to multiple other stops. Can I bring up one other point before the Internet Gremlins keep me alive? Yeah,
2: they're coming out. The 2022
3: draft, where I'll offer some resistance. Yes, it looks better today at Caleb Evans, Ed Ingram, Ty Chandler. Heck, who even knows? Maybe Andrew Booth Jr. has some sort of, you know, jump up here in the next six to 12 to 18 months. But here's my rebuttal I still can't get over the fact that you go safety with your first pick when Kyle Hamilton, the consensus top safety, was sitting there for the taking. Yeah. And you see how good Kyle Hamilton is for Baltimore. Then, when you get Lewis Sean, they also liked Boy Maffe, the former gopher from Hopkins High School, a good amount. Sacks in seven consecutive games. You talk to people in Seattle, Trent, who's a Minnesota guy, others, they will tell you how much they love Boye Mafe. So the Vikings could have gone Mafe over Seen, but they thought Tampa right after there was going to take Seen. They liked Seen enough, so they went with Seen. But I'm just saying how much they liked Mafe. Right. Then the consensus top safety, if you had just stayed there, you could have gone Kyle Hamilton. I just don't know if I'll be able to overcome that. Not a fireable offense. That's fair. Right. But I don't know if I'll be able to overcome that when evaluating the 2022 draft class.
1: Yep. uh, Dukes, uh let's just, if you got a couple extra scoops, fire away. Otherwise we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take our internet gremlins and save them for another day here. So yeah, well, fire, we got a Dickens,
3: of... yeah you guys will like this one. So in the last couple of weeks, Melvin Carter the mayor of St. Paul, mm-hmm. Governor Tim Walls and wild officials met. So there's already talk about renovations to XL Energy Center. Craig Leopold wants renovations done sooner rather than later. So those meetings are starting to ramp up. There's been some, you know, behind the scenes rumblings going back a bit that hey, the X needs some work that they want this work to be done sooner rather than later, but now it's taken Another step up with Mayor Carter, Governor Walls, Wild officials meeting at the end of October. Interesting. What are we talking about?
1: Feels very new,
2: which is a tribute to that arena. Are we talking about ribbon boards? Are we talking about concourse work? Like, do do you know seats? I don't
3: know specifically. I mean, you know, I mean, I could you know recklessly or you know (laughs) informally speculate that. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I mean, I think all of the above, right? I mean, you know, you think about the next 10 to 15 to 20 years of XL Energy Center, you know, just bring bringing it, you know, a little bit more forward, you know, in that regard, thinking about some of the more modern arenas, arenas that have been built in the last three to five years, look at some of the amenities that those arenas offer. And maybe the X doesn't offer. So, no, I don't have like specifics, Judd, unfortunately. I can dig deeper for Next Tuesday, if you would like, but yeah, I mean, I think it's all of the above. Why wouldn't it be right? I mean, it's a great arena. It really has. I mean, yes. you think about it, it's been open yes. now, what, 22, 23 years. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the feel of a 22 or 23 mm-hmm. year old arena. It's a fantastic arena. But you think about the next 15 to 20 years, there's just some things that Craig Leopold once done.
0: You know, those, yeah. uh, those steps up from the concourse, lower. I've seen some people take some nasty spills on those steps, getting down to the lower level and back up to the concourse. I, like I've legitimately seen people go pass yeah, over tea kettle cheap. numerous times. There's
3: just the one escalator, right? Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. To get up to the club level, yeah, that's true. Yep. Right. So there's just there's some things like that from a you know from a fan experience standpoint. That's true. Then you think about the fans that will spend the most amount of money. Is there some work that can be done? You know, suite level to enhance the club level experience. So I'm telling you, it's it's all that stuff.
1: Yeah, nice. There he is, folks. I got a question for you guys, too, after we say uh, goodbye to Doogie here. But good scoop session.
3: All right, and a reminder, a bunch of NBA scouts, uh, William Verena tonight, Gophers and Missouri, OKC, Atlanta, nice. Brooklyn, Orlando, Dawson Garcia. I was around Dawson yesterday. i telling you, he's transformed his body again. I mean, he did to some extent last year, but he's absolutely on the radar of NBA teams. Plus, I'm sure there's a Missouri Tiger or two as well that NBA scouts will check out. But certainly. Dawson Garcia and hey Wolves we talked about it on Tuesday right we said hey finally win just one of the next two you know Tuesday was a bit clunky but you win that game schedule loss last night I mean the effort just wasn't there I mean Phoenix outscored the Wolves from 36 points from three point range shot 60 percent I don't think that's representative of the true Wolves defense now hey I don't know if I'd want to play a fully healthy Phoenix team in May Right. Like I think the Suns, you can make a case, are the best team, you know, with all due respect to Denver, maybe Denver, but certainly Phoenix, fully healthy, the best team in the Western Conference, although they haven't been fully healthy yet. And who knows if you can trust the health of Durant, Booker, Beal come April and May. But I don't think last night was any sort of representation of who the Wolves truly are, you know, what sort of defense they will play for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, There he is, folks. Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News sports team. Great stuff, Duke. Appreciate nice. you, dudes.
3: All right, boys. Apologies. lame Comcast. <laughs> Unless they want to advertise, yeah. in which case we, we love, love that. Comcast. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Doogie. Unbelievable the activity, results. Greatest internet ever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Upload, download, okay. anything you want. Thanks, Dukes. You
1: know. Yep. All right. All see, right you, see you, Duke. Uh, okay. I, I have a question for you guys here in a second, but today is Give to the Max Day. And here at Score North, we are throwing our support behind a great, great because Second hand hounds. So we're obviously all dog people. In fact, I'm gonna show you right now. This there is she. the nap of the century happening there right now she. behind Hold me. On. There she is. Oh this this is Maya Maggie right here, folks. Just <laughs> Actually, passed out, <laughs> oh, she's snoring. She's a snorer. She's got the yeah, blanket too. That's
0: a... snorer too. Yeah, great.
1: She, she's got the like the small um whatchamacallit? Chihuahua snout. Yeah. You know, so it's mm-hmm. The uh-huh. air gets trapped yeah, in there and rattles so, yeah. around and Meh. stuff. But, C-Pap uh, war. should we get strap her up <laughs> a strapper out? Doggy CPAP. You gotta get
2: that dog <laughs> like that. You know,
1: sometimes old Mackadax snores too. Maybe we can have yeah, dueling I, CPAPs. Yes.
0: We, I, me and Vinny and Maya and Phil can all get <laughs> CPAPs. I like, at this point. Sounds good to me.
1: So, Secondhand Hounds rescues dogs from kill shelters and from owners who can no longer provide care for their dogs. They also rescue cats from local shelters and, uh, and from other situations too. So we're just encouraging all of you animal lovers out there to pitch in however much you're able to, whatever you feel comfortable with. And our friends at NutriSource are matching up to $1,000 raised this week. So thank you to NutriSource. Scornorth.com slash donate. That's scornorth.com slash donate. Also a shout-out to our friends over at Burger Press and Cart Any Edina. So this place, first of all, it's uh, locally, independently owned and operated. It's not a chain and the, uh, the owners are huge Minnesota sports fans, supporters of what we're doing here at Score North. So on the shawarma side, don't sleep on it. Shawarma wraps, shawarma burritos, shawarma bowls. Uh, they actually have a hot sauce called Rectum Rectum, too. <laughs> so just be careful out there. Use in moderation. But uh, you can find Burger Press and Shawarma Cart in Edina off 494 and France Avenue, and you will not regret stopping in for lunch. Trust us, we have experience. Mm So my my Vikings question for you guys, and then we'll get to a Purple Daily episode today. and You guys can find all sorts of Vikings conversations. Are the next six months. Just like the most exciting six months in recent Vikings history, Mm -hmm. they're red. They're the hottest team in the NFL. So like the immediate part of the six months is boy, they could do something here. Jefferson's coming back. The defense has taken a big step Mm -hmm. forward. Josh Dobbs has stepped in. But then once the season's over, there's all of this sort of fun roster matriculation, right? What's going to happen with Daniil Hunter? The quarterback canvas is blank from January until the NFL draft. I
2: just feel like we're entering a really exciting six-month period of Vikings football. I've been saying since the time, I think before Kirk got got hurt, that I think that we are in one of the most intriguing times in recent memory because of the quarterback unknowns. It's gotten more juicy with Dobbs success um so yes we definitely are i mean even if the vikings were hadn't rebounded if the vikings had won you know three games at this point the 2023 season obviously not as much fun then but if you think about it this is a fascinating time because this is really where quasi and kevin o'connell are going to build this team out in their image vision whatever you want to call it so yes we absolutely are We absolutely are. Last year was fun. And I mean, 13 wins is 13 wins. But But last year was very much they took someone else's team and they had a ton of success and that's great for them. But this is their team now. And like they are building this team and they are putting things together. And we're starting to learn a whole lot more about both the GM and coach than we knew a year ago. So yes, the answer to your question, in my opinion, is this. Even if the Vikings weren't on a hot streak, I think this is a great time to be a fan of the team doing the show. Like, like if you think about the amount of content that we have continually to talk about because of the questions
1: it. Yeah. So thank them for that ending. at the very least, I guess it just I makes it more fun to do, do. this every day and blab about this football team. I
2: yeah. absolutely <laughs> do. So the, so yes, I am very excited and I am super intrigued to see what the next moves are going to be. And when that starts at quarterback, it's a great conversation.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of a, they're entering this weird blank canvas that they have here at quarterback. If they want to bring back Kirk, if Dobbs you know, like brings them to a deep playoff run, like do you re-sign him? Do you still bring back one of these two and also draft a quarterback early in the draft? Like the the whole picture to me is completely, pretty wild. Uh, little side street. Yesterday, I finally watched, I am like four months late to this. I finally watched the Johnny Manziel untold doc on Netflix. I finally got to mm-hmm. it yesterday. I've not been able to watch it. And just watching that, even of of like his craziness, of his upbringing, and then the all the stuff he did for Texas A and M, the side money and the money manziel, and how much he hated Cleveland and whatnot. Like even that started got me thinking about like just the whirlwind of the NFL draft of how exciting that can be, and how much like what are you going to do for a franchise that's looking for a quarterback, and are you going to get the right guy, or are going to get the wrong guy? So it's just, it's a really fun time I think to be a Vikings fan.
1: Yeah, definitely check that out
2: on Netflix, right. Johnny Manziel Untold. But it is a car crash. After seeing that, how anyone with the Browns made – how any team made the, the decision that you were going to, after talking to that kid, draft that, that kid, I don't care what his skills were. Like he, I think it was ownership, Well, right? And the scary thing, though, is, like, it is very clear very quickly, and – this is something I'm sure he was born with. He has mental issues like that you have to work through. Like, like he's still he's manic. And I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying when you're considering paying a quarterback, like what makes what's made Josh Dobbs so effective so so far? Yeah, his skill sets are, he's are not good.
1: manic, but Kirk isn't manic. The Vikings have multiple options of non-manic could, quarterbacks. It's yes. Great, but a great time to be
2: alive. Kirk could Kirk could uh Kirk could fool you more, and then I could be disappointed a bit by him. But my God, I have always been astounded with all the work that teams do on profiling guys and stuff when guys slip through the cracks. And it's like, you really made that guy your first round pick. Like, you were asking for trouble.
1: Well, desperation. I mean, that's what, that's really what it is. That's why if you can, there's so many teams that are looking for a quarterback to save their franchise. And that's where you start to get in, that's where you start to overshoot. And you start to kind of, you draft based on hope and wishing. And then that quarterback's not mature enough or ready enough. He's 21, 22 years old to save a dumpster fire franchise. That's why it's better to be in a position that the Vikings are in, which is, you know what? They got a pretty good infrastructure here because they have a pretty good infrastructure. It's harder to get one of the top quarterbacks. So that's kind of a, but I'd rather be, I'd rather have a really good car and be looking for a quarterback because that quarterback has a better chance to succeed. So Absolutely. Let's pause this conversation here because we have there's a state of the offense discussion that will dovetail into it on Purple Daily today. But uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us on a reckless speculation Thursday. Reckless speculation.